Good morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you see this. This is Dee with Older INFPA, which is Assertive Insights. And I'm going to talk today about um, don't tell what you know, particularly at work and in any situation where someone has authority over you. Uh, don't tell them what you know, thinking that you're going to get a promotion thinking that you're going to be helpful, which we do in, as INFPs and the like. Right now, I'll just, will say really quick, I'm in the mood to do shorter videos with my socks and not me. <coughs> and I do cough because of the weather. Getting some water here. Water, um, weather, allergies, whatever. It's freezing this morning. It's going to be in the 80s um, later in the week. So, um, I don't feel like setting everything up, but I'm going to do socks. That's fine. Topic today is don't tell what you know, particularly in the workplace. It's going to work against you. So how is it going to work against you? It's going to work against you in that you think, and this has happened to me, and, and, and it's happened not just to me, it's happened to a lot of people who are in the last half of the work career, or towards the, well, I'll say 50 and above. I think I'm living to 100, so um, if I hadn't been for COVID, I'd still be working. But um, talking mainly to those folks, but it could happen to anybody. Um, and I'll give you some examples. One example, and I hear it over and over again, is that um, you tell them what you know. INFPs, let me back up a second. INFPs, our second function is any, which is extroverted, external intuition. I call it external, which means we think of all the possibilities, which means we make a boss look good. We stand in the background. We know we stand in the background. A lot of times people appreciate that, being in the background. If that's what you truly want to do and never get ahead and want to be and get released from your job once they glean all your information, then that's fine. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the average person, which I don't think that is average. Um, so... Um, and when it's a one-way street. So what do I mean? We're very good at um, brainstorming, getting into group uh, staff meetings, um, talking a lot about staff meetings too. I know in my work, my last work career, any of my work careers, I will go all the way back to my first job right out of college with a degree in English and a minor in religion and philosophy. There are lots of jobs for that. <laughs> I wound up as a night manager at Burger King, which taught me a lot. I will say taught me a lot, but it didn't have anything to do with my degree. <clears throat> I was the first female manager in the whole area, tri-area of my state. And I was used as a marketing tool that I found out later. Um, I thought it was the advancement of my career, but it wasn't. 
what happened was um, I had to work. I didn't get my days off like the rest of the people did. I quit and just walked out when I had worked 14 days straight with no day off. Um, you do that on the night shift, working with teenagers, <laughs> which is what I did. That's kind of rough. So I left, but I was used, and they got a lot of hype because no other fast food chain in the area had a female manager. Didn't get me where I needed to be in life. But I did that, and I was used. I, my good nature was used, thinking that I was going to be promoted. Secondly, I uh, worked in retail, did very well on commissions, worked in a major store here where I live. We worked on commission. I was the second highest uh, sell, seller in a, my area. Um, the manager took my commissions from me. I wondered why I wasn't making as much money, and then they found out, well, she wound up um, convicted of a felony, stealing money. She she stole over $10,000 from the company. So that's what happened that wasn't really liked. I'm moving quite right along. The last 20 years of my career, I went back to school, and I was a social worker. And you can do anything you want to in social work. And um, one of the jobs, <clears throat> jobs I had were in healthcare, and we would have uh, the thing I don't like about social work, social workers. I love social work, not the social workers, is that we would have meetings, and we would have meetings of what time to have a meeting, and it was the most inefficient waste of time when I could just be doing my job, sitting alone at my desk, <clears throat> thinking about daydreams and what I want to be doing. Um, I was not allowed in any of these jobs. I was not allowed to miss a meeting. Other people were allowed to miss a meeting. I was not. Um, I was told in all my workplaces, and there were several, <clears throat> I was told that the reason being that I give good input, and that, that kind of by, by my supervisor. Well, that, and I was missed. Well, can't other people give inputs? But it was the NE. It was the NE. Now I know. It was the any that they were sucking, they were wanting, they were sucking it into, sucking it dry. <clears throat> Got me nowhere. Um, actually, the last job I had was in a homeless shelter, and I didn't go to one of the meetings. I wasn't going to go, and I told my supervisor I'm not going to go. <clears throat> and he told me I had to. I was actually throwing up, I would just say. I was got sick at work. I was actually throwing up in my office. I was waiting for it to die down so I could go home. But being in a homeless shelter, and we had a medical clinic there, there was really no reason for me to go home. <clears throat> you don't get time off. Um, so he told me I had to go to the meeting, and and I'll just tell you just straight up. I t he said I could go after I give my report. I could give my report first, but I had to go. And I went. With a trash can attached to my side, that's how sick I was, uh, but I had to go. The worst thing that happened, and I did get, uh, I did walk out, and I ended up walking out of uh, a lot of these jobs uh, because I got overworked, overworked, overstrained, not paid enough. Um, I never made a livable wage, but that's another issue. 
one job I had um, was um, as a uh, CEO of a medium-sized nonprofit that served three different counties in my state. My home state has a um, hundred counties and it was that served three counties. When I took the job, and I was there for four, four years and I loved it, when I took the job they didn't have, um, they were three months behind in, and they lied to me about how much money they had. They were three months behind in their rent, their lights had just been turned on, they did have, have many money in the bank, the past uh, director had cooked the books to make the annual report look like they had millions of dollars, and they did not. Um, so I moved ha halfway across the state, bought a house, and they had no money. So I wrote grants, and you know, we are good for writers. There's one good career for um, INFPs is writing, and I found out I had never written a grant proposal in my whole life, and I wrote one, and I started getting money, and I found out that I was very good at it. And to make a long story short, over a period of four years, and we bounced the budget every year, we got it back to where it needed to be, um, got the trust of the benefactors, all this kind of stuff I had to do to be out in the community, um, got nationwide grants all the way to local grants and everything in between. At the time, uh, right before I left, um, I walked out, um, we had a quarter of a million dollar excess in the bank. So it went from nothing to quarter of a million dollar excess in the bank. I put it there. And I'm proud I put it there. And I had a lot of ideas for, um, for the growth of the organization. So the president of the board sat with me one day she was a new president, and I, nobody really wanted her to be the president, but nobody else wanted it, so they gave it to her. And she sat down with me one day for hours and hours and just picked my brain. Picked my N.E. That's what it was, picking my N.E. And um, I gave her all the ideas. Big mistake. Instead of saying, I don't know. I don't know. Um. Gave him all the ideas. Even the company name change. I had a company name change to better reflect what the company was doing then. Where to move, how to grow, how to get it for nothing. This, that, and the other. So after three or four hours of this, um, about a week or two later, I got called in by the board. It wasn't a board meeting. It was just... Uh, they wanted to talk to me. I thought by having all this extra money in the bank, all this that I had done, all the work that I had done, all the goodwill, and I had done it out of the kindness of my heart and dedication to, it was a nonprofit, so out of the dedication to the cause. See, that's another um, INFP thing. We care a lot, and we got a passion. We'll go full force on it. Um, I thought I was going to get a raise. Because I wasn't lit, I wasn't doing this with a livable wage. I, I wage, I will tell you. Sat down, and they started talking. And lo and behold, they were interrogating me, and they tried to find something wrong with me. They were trying to get me fired. So this is what happens: it backfires on you. 
Um, I know this is what happened to me. Um, I was in my 50s when this happened. Won't do it again. Um, I will say, too, it's not just me. I have talked to um, tons of people 50 and older when this was going on. The same thing happened to them. They're highly educated, highly motivated, highly innovative, whatever you want to call it, particularly if they've got the NE going on. Because it's not an NE world. A corporate world is not the NE world. So if you get into that, they're going to suck it out of you and claim it for themselves. So I've heard of people that same thing happen. They get all the information and then they, um, they fire them. And you're out of a job. You don't have anything you're thinking and that really hurts. I will tell you another story um, that happened to my dad's best friend when he was in the Army back in World War II. He was a student. He was a college student. He was probably an INTP. He was an absent-minded professor, quite literally an absent-minded professor. He taught physics, and he was a meteorologist. Um, very smart. I didn't take after him. <laughs> very smart, but he couldn't screw in a light bulb, I don't think. <laughs> he broke. I used to laugh at him get entertained by it because he would break more things trying to fix it around the house, and my mother would just, <laughs> she would just say, sit down, stop. <laughs> but... Um, couldn't do anything like that at all, but um, very brainy, but he got drafted in towards the end of the World War II, and um, so he went to uh, cadet school at Yale. They put him in cadet school at Yale for a while, and um, I think that, I don't know the details, but I think maybe that's where he learned the meteorologist part, meteorology, um, but his, anyway, his, his uh, roommate there, at school, so he had to quit college. He's from Wisconsin. I know you can tell by my accent <laughs> that he's from Wisconsin. So uh, they took him out of college. He got drafted. Somehow he wound up at Yale um, in cadet school in the Army Air Corps and training. And his roommate there actually designed a gauge. And I can't remember what gauge it is. I'm sure they don't use it now with the jets, but designed the gauge for the airplane. And being patriotic as he was and being helpful as he thought he would be, um, he gave, he didn't patent it himself, he gave it to the country, to the United States, to help with the war effort. That gauge not only was put into every um every airplane during World War II up until they had jets. I don't know. It may still be in a jet now. I don't know. But up until then, um, for decades, that gauge was in every commercial airline and every every plane around. And I can't remember what gauge it was he designed. He ended up very depressed. I don't know if he was an alcoholic or anything like that, but he was very depressed. I've met him a few times when I was little. Um, he never got recognition for it. He never got um, he never um, got a penny for it. They just kicked him to the curb. They took it 
think that whoever um, from the country, I'm not saying anything bad about the country. Again, it's corporations. We're talking about bosses. We're talking about it could happen anywhere, um, not just the corporate, uh, the workplace. I'm just saying the workplace in general. Um, he would have been not got any recognition. He was very depressed. He felt it was stolen. Um, he felt very, very bad. He spent the rest of his life, never got over it. So, yeah, you steal ideas. Everything, a lot of things get stolen. It happens to still today. On a larger, that's kind of a large scale, all the way down to a smaller scale. Um, some things that happened to me and people that I know around, and I'm talking dozens and dozens of people, the older you get, they will glean your information. So I'm just saying this as a precaution. I know that you've probably clicked off 10 minutes ago, but just as a precaution, be careful. I know with our F-I-N-E, we want to help people. We gravitate towards, the, towards those we can help. We gravitate towards careers that are helping professionals. If you need to make a living, unfortunately, you're going to be in some type of corporate um, environment. That's where most of the money is. If you want to make good money that way uh, to do that. Um, just be aware be aware of not to be too nice with your NE. Do not give your extroverted intuition away in the workplace. It'll come back to bite you, more likely than not. I'm just trying to protect you. What to do instead? And if I'm wrong, put it in the comments below. I want to hear about it how you got celebrated, how you got recognized. I know we don't do it for the recognition, but by golly, we, we need to more and more. We need to be um, recognized for who we are and what we contribute, our contributions. But on the other side, for those two of you here that are I'm talking to, <laughs> who are still here, and I got off on kind of on a rant, I think what's going on in the world right now is just kind of get me in this kind of a rant in general. But um, just be careful. What you can do instead, what I would suggest, is if you want to take your ideas, want to see them in action, do it yourself. Go out on your own. And that's scary too. You might have to have a bill-paying job, but take your ideas and go out on your own. I know there are a lot of YouTube people, people, I'll be a YouTube creator, I want to be an influencer. Well, as we can see now, there's raining in the rains. I'm, you're tired of me talking about YouTube and ads. I will, I just saw a video today, YouTube, where a creator, I can't think how many thousands of subscribers he's got, I would say like 300,000 subscribers that they're shutting him down YouTube because they say he copies when what he's doing is he's reacting to other videos and he's making a lot of money evidently um, and so they're shutting him down and so he made a video about his leaving 
Um, so yeah, take your ideas to yourself. Start your own company. Start your own thing. Uh, don't don't give it away. That's all I have to say. Care about you. Hope the world gets better. My gosh, I hope the world gets better. I will try to um, do more videos. They're going to be in socks because I don't have the energy to get all gussied up and do it through you Zoom right now. Um, maybe the world will be in a better place next week. But until next time, stay safe.